Is that a hard cider, or are you just happy to see me? Hi, Daddy. Well. <laughs> um, I'm happy to report to you guys that I have not played Dead by Daylight in over two weeks. <gasps> He's okay. recovering! So, because uh, I've been playing Elden Ring. <laughs> all right, I was going to say, quit your grinning and drop your linen. It's about to get grown up in here. Also... <laughs> Um, <laughs> Becky was sending me a picture of these shoes and she's like why am I the person that wants to buy these god awful expensive shoes and she's not going to it's like a, a bit but on the, the site it like shows a picture of the shoe here I'll show you Shane because we're in the same room today and, and because it's it an has audio like two tabs it, it, it's yeah. basically a banana with a heel wedged up into oh, it oh that's you know? fantastic yeah, they're yeah not that's a white that. through the glare yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's two Censored tabs for her eyes. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes legal there's, said there's, we couldn't <laughs> see it Michael <laughs> there's two tabs and one it's who is she and how she fits and, then, <laughs> and I was like oh, where was it? it's like who is she how she fits so now shoes get to identify as sentient <laughs> wait the- <laughs> Uh, this is too much to process. Well, so, uh, as uh, I famously discovered earlier this week, I am fat, but I identify as skinny, so I am trans slender. That was one of the best TikToks yeah. you've ever sent me. Oh, my yeah, God. It's, it's official. Also, can we update? Have I done better in the past week at sending you TikToks? <laughs> no. <laughs> we, you, you hit me with one, and then the rest of them, I believe my exact phrase was, if you don't stop sending me <laughs> singing the Reading Rainbow theme, I'm going to come over there and break my foot off in your ass. You said you were going to block me. Oh, I was going to block you, yes. And, uh-huh. and the moment you sent that, like I saw it, and I was like, I wonder if he's serious. And then like... <laughs> Three three uh, scrolls away from that was another really, really good one. And I was like, with Shane's history, he actually will block uh-huh. this TikTok. Yeah, I mean, he I don't really need me. it for anything. Um, but talking about her or Becky's shoes, like the sentient shoes, mm-hmm. made me really think about Blade Runner. And like, what if AIs just decided to identify, you know? They were people. Do androids dream of electric green shoes? Do they? Why? Why did you start the, this this way? Yeah. Why did I you like the one time you and I are in a room together where I can kill you with edged weapons? <laughs> do you want to tempt fate? I, these are some of my incredible thoughts. Okay, kiss, good. Kiss, I'm, I'm kiss, glad we got kiss. that. You. I already told you you can't kiss with your dick. Not with that attitude. You can do other things. Not in this economy. Pucker up. Uh, (laughs) And on that note, ladies and German folks, boils and ghouls, gremlins of all ages, welcome to another disgusting edition of this, the Disinformed Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Michael. I'm Courtney. And that's right. John and I are in the same room for the first time in nearly a millennia, and uh, we might not live to tell the tale. Probably not. Yeah. Nor should we. This meeting was prophesized. Indeed, I've got enough reasons to die. John sent me TikToks pretty routinely. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Can I share one quick story I thought of today? I thought he was going to say a TikTok, and I got scared. Guys, I literally, I literally wrote these down so I wouldn't forget to tell you. And usually, I don't do that. And that's a hallmark of quality that we have all stood by. Right? Are you years. ready to hear about more poo poo and pee pee? No. <laughs> no. Um, uh. I was at the dentist today and I had a flashbulb memory of when I was a kid and probably, I mean, I've done a lot of stupid things. So I don't think this breaches top 10, but it's definitely okay. one of the stupider kid things that I did. Um, 
I wanted to get like plaque off of my two front teeth when I was a kid. I was probably like 10 or 12 and I was going to the dentist that day and I don't know why I decided it was a good idea, but I took the, uh, the tab off of a soda can and I thought that I could scrape it off my like scrape the plaque off my teeth uh-huh. with the pop. You sure pop. can, yeah. Um, but it, you're right, you it's can. Enamel, but but uh, what it does instead is it just leaves huge silver streaks on your teeth. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> this is what happens when you're the youngest of eighteen children. Is that no one is supervising you? Well, it's not only that, but it's like you're the last in line, and also you live in Arizona and you don't get education. So uh-huh. yeah, so comparatively, <laughs> you could die and no one would notice. Like they created warning labels based off things that I did. Home alone Including, is a myth. Is, she didn't even notice is, that he was gone. Sorry, but anyway, my chompers are fine now. But I just remembered, uh, and it I I was giggling in the seat, and I could tell that the chick thought I was just losing my fucking mind. Yeah, Captain Polar Pump over here is not an example of things to do with appropriate commerce. No, I feel like Becky's parents should stop harassing us to have kids because one, it's not going to happen, and two, maybe, maybe I should just start sharing these stories with them. Like with her mom, and like, really quickly. hey Diane, do you want to do you want to hear? Do you want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> <laughs> I think you should also be like Becky can afford to perform the duties of her job, but she can't do that mothering one of my offspring. So, and you don't want me unsupervised watching a child; it'll probably die. Yeah, yeah, it'll probably one die. of the two will, whether you or the child. <laughs> one Just of a, us has to go. One will survive. <laughs> Baby Watkins running around going, "Are you my friend? I'm having a seizure." You're gonna have to hold still. This bow and arrow is really heavy. <laughs> oh, oh, and speaking gosh. of uh, you know weighty and sharp objects, what we typically do on this show is we will delve into random esoteric topics, and in the course of explaining them to you all, the listeners, and of course to one another, we will lie about them occasionally. And the whole point, the whole exercise of this show, is so that the co-hosts can ferret out the fact from fiction and try to make it entertaining while we do so doesn't always happen unfortunately sometimes good sometimes shit but uh, ultimately we're not going to allow you to leave ill-informed oh no 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 we have a denouement at the end of the episode where we tell you what we lied about so it's a it's a lot of fun and this week we are continuing we are going to have part two of trigger Willie Nelson's mythical instrument, which is just a, a significant amount of fun, and I'm very excited about this. Yes. So does anybody have anything else they want to get off their chest before we start? <laughs> well, I have a I list like of stories today, that okay? I would like to share just because John's writing his down. I figured I, I, I yeah, would start Yeah, what's your list look like? Um, is it how to use a gate and a compressor? Is that what's on your list? No, I, I forgot those. I kind of just click randomly and hope for the best. You're doing terrific. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm not going to look at your fucking You're phone. You're going to look at the phone. I, I don't trust He's you. He's cheating. This, this isn't math class. I'm not going to cheat off your paper. He's just trying uh, to get an A. All Dick right, sucking. then. So, uh, Michael, you, you really you, you had something you were going to no, this with? No, I was... You were going to delve into some very profound observations you had about life, love, and the pursuit of backyard taco? Uh, yes, actually, I found the opposite of heavy water. It's called light water. Oh, yeah, that's called prostate problems, friend. That's going to happen as you get older. Oh, shit. Okay. (laughs) Well, it seems like you've recovered from the poison since yesterday, Michael, because when I talked to you yesterday, you were poisoned. 
I had Wait, what? No, I I just had really really we don't nasty say that word. Sex worker. Sex chata, please. <laughs> <laughs> Sex chata sounds like a strip tube from like 1998. <laughs> like, welcome to strip chata. Are you ready to see my tatas? Oh, speaking of, you have a bikini bean like right down the street from I you. Do. And I only do. in this side of town would there actually be a line that rivals Einstein or Einstein, not Einstein's, uh, Dutch, Dutch Bros. Mm-hmm. Well, since we're already on the topic, do you want to talk about the time you and I went to bikini bean we together to, to bikini- experience that when we were fully debauched and it hated was reality in ourselves? Sad. Uh-huh. <laughs> no. Is it like the so, Hooters of coffee? Here's, yes. Here's yeah. the problem with me in general and why I've never been in a strip club in my life is that I have <laughs> guilt feelings and associations so that I can't Dude. ogle people openly. So the entire time I was desperately like as the girl was leaning into the window of John's car, just dangling everything that she had. I was like, I'm staring at her face. I am not going to. So I'm like, do you have any recommendations for what flavors we might get for a latte? Well, you could get a black coffee and it looks like your big dumb balls are full. So maybe you could just pop that in if you need some cream. (laughs) pretty much uh and yeah she was just wibbling and wobbling and the whole time i'm just terrified i'm like i don't see you as an object i came here as a shtick and i regret every second of this shane is grimacing and he's not blinking staring her to the eyes and he's like it's like so do you go to school around here i'm a married spud i'm a married spud i'm a married spud I wasn't a married spud at the time. It's just that I have this weird thing that someone, it's the Mormon in me. Like, I Uh always assume someone's watching me. And so I just have to present myself to the best. And obviously not when we're recording this show. I'm (laughs) secreted away like a Louis C.K. fucking bed monster when we're doing this. I don't even like talking to fucking people at Dutch Brothers who are like the most caffeinated coke addicts I've ever encountered in my life. But yeah, I don't need probing questions from a girl with like, you know, just nipple floss who's trying to hand me a a lovely caramel macchiato. But Michael, you were saying about your sex chata? Oh, I just had really nasty horchata and it just made me really sick. That was it. Like poop sick? Yes. I I honestly don't know why Courtney (laughs) brought this up. The horchata didn't sit well with me. Tastes like old milk. I'm sorry. And that's my story. <laughs> Zippity zoop. So essentially, my toilet bowl looked like the world's worst cinnamon bun. <laughs> oh, no. oh, Not wrong. Okay. Not wrong. That's a pleasant well, thought. I, um, I feel primed. Uh, the topic of shit, and uh, this episode is in fact titled Down in the Hole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fire down below. We're going to get into this. So... As we mentioned previously, Trigger, the long-suffering Martin acoustic guitar that has helped to define the sound of soulful country crooner and songwriter Willie Nelson, has become, over the course of his decades-spanning career, the most important component of Willie's songcraft, mojo, and mental health. And yes, I will say Willie a record number of times this installment, I guarantee Good luck. He actually leans into the fact that his name is, you know, a bit of a, a double entendre. He has like several albums. One was called Naked Willie that I discovered the other day. <laughs> and that's not a lie. There isn't. That's not a lie. There is. I didn't see a free Willie anywhere, but I figured Aww. I should investigate a little further. But uh, in any event, the instrument essentially acts as a security blanket for Nelson and keeping it intact has become a top priority for the artist. 
As we alluded to previously, the guitar looks like an impact crater in an active war zone. Call it Sokovia, all right? Uh, <laughs> awash in holes, gouges, scuffs, scars, burns, and breaks. Willie, however, refuses to simply cast off his Guardian guitar for another model. Wait, you uh, said burns. I thought there were... Are there actually burns on there? Yeah. No. No. Damn. That's not a lie, though. That <laughs> oh. was just uh, me forgetting that I have transitioned. It was one script that I broke up into two, oh. so I kept that in for the sake of That's just bad editing on my part. Gotcha. Okay. I will also mention Superfan Steven did approach me after last week. He's like, why doesn't the man just get another guitar? <laughs> He's like, why is this such a big fixation? It's like, yeah. Did you tell Did you tell Steven that it's not taking his turn? No. That uh, he didn't buy a guitar shoes. with fucking papers? Yeah, it is. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, there is obviously something that is a little bit awash in Willie's brain as far as the juju that is imbued into him by this guitar. But we'll get into that here. It's a very Sam Camacho kind of individual. Yes, yeah. without question. So stoned Oof. all the time? Oof. True. Probably just bleeper yeah. last name. I should have said that. Oh, just everybody knows. <laughs> we, I mean, we're in a... Here's the thing about we can't maintain anonymity. We routinely plug our band. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and fair, everything guess, yeah. that we have has our full names on it. It's mm -hmm. not like we're yeah. going by the Marilyn Manson School of Advertising, where it's like, <laughs> yeah, fair. I'm Twiggy Dumbfuck. <laughs> here's my magic murder basement. Indeed. <laughs> Uh, ooh, I actually will be Dr. Henry Killinger from this point forward, since you've mentioned okay. that. Okay, sounds uh, good. You won't do the whole episode in that voice. You won't. <clears throat> <clears throat> Thus, the care, feeding, and maintenance of Trigger has fallen to Poody Locke, Willie's dedicated <laughs> stage manager. <laughs> it would be so infuriating for a listener to have to listen to 90 was, minutes of that. I was like, I took I enough didn't shit understand. after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah once we made it through my immortal i was told i can't do fake voices anymore people Aww. get upset like sewer rat 997 on youtube who was really upset that i read things how they were punctuated in that simple oh, fucking yeah. story i remember that beef so the care feeding and maintenance of trigger has fallen to pooty lock actual name not referring to his inability to hold his butt cheeks together Pooty is dedicated <laughs> is Willie's dedicated stage manager. In the mid seventies, where we'll rejoin our story, Pooty went to see. A God damn it! I'm, I've jinxed myself because now I'm only thinking of Jerry Maguire. It's like, <laughs> no, I am not Pooty. Pooty uh, went to see a young Texas luthier and repairman in Austin named Mark Earlwine, who had a shop on Guadalupe Street, north of the University of Texas campus. Pooty just needed someone to attend to the care and feeding of the instrument, and invited Earlwine to meet Willie. They met at the Austin Opry House Bar, and Willie anecdotally told Earlwine, Just keep my guitar going. As long as it's working, I'll be working. Earlwine then cleaned the raw white spruce around the hole, <laughs> then sealed it with lacquer to keep it moisturized. You can say sound hole. No, it's the hole. <laughs> spruce is a very soft wood, he says, and everything that gets in, sweat, beer, affects it. The Martin already had its first autographs, courtesy of Leon Russell, who etched his in with a knife, and Johnny Bush, who used a ballpoint pen. 
Pootie began taking the guitar to Earlwine whenever the band took a break from touring. He was especially worried about the hole, <laughs> which was, of course, getting bigger as Willie continued to dig his fingers into the soft wood. My holes! Nice. <laughs> My hole! My hole! <laughs> Just as troubling, the wood around the hole was also getting thinner. It was so thin, says Earl Wine. I don't know why I had to give him the, you know, my Oreos Prospector voice. voice. <laughs> he actually is a very soft-spoken individual, though, so we're just, just going to ride this out. You could have accidentally put your finger through it. He placed a couple of short mahogany braces under the soundboard to help shore it up. Willie plays so vigorously, and his fingers attack such a wide area, uh, from the bridge to the sound hole, above it and below it to the edges of the guitar. <laughs> One more again. To the edges of the guitar, <laughs> that Earl Wine had to clean a lot of the wood. He used cotton diapers and naphtha solvent, pushing out dead skin and dirt, which does tend to accumulate as Did you play for long he actually use enough. cotton diapers? Cotton diapers. Wow. I mean, he could have used another absorbent. Uh, Literally anything else. <laughs> well, maybe it was cheaper. Stay free, No, because diapers are expensive. How would you know, Daddy I, I, Watkins? I've <laughs> shit myself two times this year. Those are adult diapers. They're probably priced differently than normal diapers. <laughs> Do you have to clean yourself up after you shit in your pants? Not Depends. With your, <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I was be like, well, I have a bidet, so it's usually a pretty quick endeavor. So, uh, of course, then he would lacquer over the spaces on the guitar and then buff that out. Uh, he'd go over the fretboard with steel wool and then rub it down mm. with lemon oil. Every mm. time that Pootie brought in the guitar, it, of course, wound up accumulating more autographs. Some were famous musicians, Roger Miller, Johnny Cash, Chris Christopherson, and others were members of Willie's band or crew. Paul English, of course, Pootie, uh, Budrock Pruitt, uh, and Toonin' Tom, a.k.a. Tom Hawkins, who had become the guitar's caretaker on the road, changing the strings every three or four gigs and tuning it up. Some signed the guitar in Magic Marker, or Sharpie, and their names were soon lost in the blood, sweat, and beers of the nightlife. Others scratched them in with ballpoint pen, but didn't push deep enough, and so their names have slowly faded. Can't get wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> Eat Weak shit, sauce. ballpoint pens. Fucking nerds. Can't afford a knife. <laughs> get carve it yourself, damn lazy asshole. The bitch. <laughs> Such hostility. <laughs> Fuck those guys. <laughs> What's the matter? Is the wood too hard for you? Got little little weak wrists, huh? I'm trying as hard as I can. Has anyone ever so, hammered and wow, I can't I can't speak. Has anyone ever hammered and chiseled it? I mean, I don't think oh my it God. would survive. <laughs> also, did you say how many lives there were and I missed that? I think I did. No. Actually, I, I don't didn't. recall. <gasps> okay, well then. Uh -oh. I threw off the program by being here. So oh, slap my tits and call me Susan. Ugh. There are seven lies Holy in shit. this episode. Eight lies. Yes. No, no. As, as a, in point of fact, I will help you out. You haven't missed anything yet, so. Bullshit. That's one of the lies. <laughs> this is all scripted. Nope. So, uh, 
I, I apologize for my omission. It's a terrible thing. Uh, so soon, Willie lost track of exactly everyone in totality who had signed the guitar. He and his band were touring all the time. By the mid-80s, they were on the road six months out of the year. Wow. His singing and playing were getting more idiosyncratic as well. The progenitor of artists like Adam Duritz from The Counting Crows, who aimed to never perform a song the same way twice, uh, Willie's songs tend to undulate nightly, with added notes to a solo, an extended bridge section, or perhaps just a little more pomp on the outro chorus. While typical guitarists trend toward either playing rhythm or lead, Willie strums, as well as rolling single-note leads, two-note gypsy chords. I don't think we're supposed to say that anymore. I think you're okay. And arpeggiated runs in which he would, as Django had, play individual notes of the chord while also incorporating strays from around the shape. He'd bend the strings so far you'd swear they would pop off of the instrument, and then tastefully leaven in a blues riff. As such... Nelson's eclectic and bombastic style took a toll on his equipment. Willie wore away even more of the soundboard, revealing the support braces underneath, forcing Earl Wine to attach additional mahogany braces, as well as further cleats, which are slight pieces of, bru- of spruce, to bolster the thinning wood as things progressed. Do you think that if his guitar had, you know, sentience that uh (laughs) that it would be like a cronenberg it would be like kill me (laughs) the the quado of guitars (laughs) (laughs) just kill me the fucking scene in alien where he's like stuck in the i mean it does have two mouths at this point so it's probably speaking out of everything Uh, that's a terrifying thought we're we're gonna leave that where it lay Though now I would like to it. see some art of that. You can't just say that, Michael. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I, I mean, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> I like that it's John oh, telling sorry. you not to say that when John is number one most asking for art. You're yeah, not the one. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck me yourself, coward. I would if you I won't. was over there. <laughs> you won't. Yeah, I have you to leave Gilbert balls. and I can't do that. <laughs> I'm too lazy. Allow me to help you. <laughs> I'm going to need a few more of these by the time this night's over, I'm sure. (laughs) Another one. (laughs) Brought to you by Key Lime LaCroix. They're tasty, Mm. aren't they? Man, if we could get sponsored by LaCroix. Or Topo. I'd take getting sponsored by your Uncle Steve at this point, Michael. Don't don't be sponsored by him. It's a trap. (laughs) Whatever you do, don't be sponsored by him. Some honeypots are worth getting trapped in. (laughs) (laughs) Not him! Not him! (laughs) Oh, Bava. What episode of Winnie the Pooh is that from, Shane? Uh, everyone. <laughs> Pooh's a power bottom. We've discussed this. <laughs> oh, I thought he was a sloppy toppy. No, no he's no. definitely power bottom, yeah. <laughs> oh, Baltha. <laughs> oh, he's oh, just bottom. laying there. He's just prone, splayed out, just waiting for Piglet. Well, who's... <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. I need to know. Eeyore and Pooh are hooking up. Is it still Not the possible. same? No. <laughs> yeah. What? Eeyore's not fucking anybody. Yeah. Eeyore's got to be a bottom. Asexual? Now, Tigger, on the other hand, I feel like is just Roger and everybody. He's just oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's low-hanging fruit, yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Hey, it's it's the 100-acre wood for a reason. <laughs> 
my god. All right. And cursed episode. <laughs> so eventually, the Lovecraftian maw that was sprouting near the bridge stopped growing. But this led to other issues. Uh, someone eventually dropped the guitar on its input jack, which was set in the side of the guitar, which caused the wood around it to just splinter and rip. It was set on the side? Yes. It's one of those like weird underneath plugs. Okay. Like for the listener, the people that don't play, usually the input jacks are at the bottom. Tend or, to be around the tail. Piece, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So, no, this was in the side. So, the hole was then covered with a small metal plate, and the jack was moved to the bottom of the guitar, as John was just saying. The bottom. The insides of the Baldwin amp were also wearing out, but devoted fans would actually give Willie their Baldwin amps, uh, and his people would then cannibalize them for spare parts. Is that true? Mm-hmm. So That's that is a cool. devoted fan base yeah. when they bought amplifiers because they like your sound, and then they contribute to your cause moving forward. Also, the cannibalizing ge- existing gear, or mm-hmm. gear into existing gear, is still a huge thing. Like, I, I've, we have friends that do that. Uh-huh. Like, Everybody likes to living. Frankenstein, yeah. Like, there's a dude in the valley that makes guitars that essentially are supposed to, like, he uses, like, old neckboards... Like he Frankenstein's guitars and then he puts a nice finish on them and and mm. sets them up and they sound amazing. But anyway, it's beautiful. Would the metal plate not change the sound of the guitar? Well, it's on the bottom of the guitar, so it's not in. It. So the resonance usually happens from the top and bottom of the face plates, essentially. Mm-hmm. So the exterior is mostly just bracing and kind of bracketing. You do get some sound from it, but for the most part, like those two, the top and bottom sure. are really what you're worried about for an acoustic instrument. So, but a good question. Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Willie was so rough on his guitar, even when he wasn't playing it, it seems. Earl Wine eventually found himself having to replace the guitar's tuning pegs because the old, the one for the uh, D string continually broke. So apparently, the old man's got this nervous habit, Pootie explained to Earl Wine. During shows, after Willie played a song, he would fidget with the D string tuning peg while he was talking to the audience, turning it up and down, which was essentially just grinding the gears off. Is that bullshit? No. So he'll just sit and fiddle around with the D tuner. That gives me anxiety. Uh-huh. Uh, so Willie actually has no idea that he's doing this. This is just completely something that's subconscious for him. So they actually had to point out to him he was doing it. And even then, they now have to replace his tuning pegs every four to five years. They should just put like a like a fake one. Uh-huh. Like, or something just like that. Just let him fiddle with some, like a just nipple like on the on neck. four on one yeah. side, three like on the other. Like a fidget widget on the guitar. <laughs> Not a bad idea. So. I mean, if they're putting... They're basically putting a human brain inside of the guitar. You can put a fidget widget on the... uh... Yeah, it's just some weird sort of like spinning or... Yeah. (laughs) But uh, he did have one set that managed to last all of nine months. So, Oh, he brought it to term. Indeed. (laughs) Shudder to think what was birthed out of the hole. So... In 1989, the band was touring in Southern California when Pootie brought the guitar to Rick Turner's shop in Los Angeles. Now, the bridge managed to split and completely break off of the instrument. And naturally, Willie had a show the next day. And so, Turner wound up having 24 hours to repair this. We gotta get it fixed, Pootie told Turner. When the guitar can't go on, he won't go on. 
So much like Ozzy Osbourne and brown M&Ms. But usually it will take a minimum of 48 hours to properly build, glue, and set a new bridge on a guitar, but Turner still managed to do it in a day, allowing Willie and his guitar to hit the road again. And now on to our final sections. So, Willie's Endless Party ended, as we mentioned in the prior show, in the late 90s, or in late 1990, when years of unpaid taxes caught up with him. Federal agents invaded his, uh, Pedernales Ranch. That's a, that's, that's, it's Pedernales. That's how it's spelled. You had to go door to door and tell people that? Indeed, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's a sad panda. <laughs> So they they stumbled onto his property and confiscated everything they could get their hands on, as we alluded to, including his clothes and his booty. But uh, (laughs) the one thing they did not manage to abscond with, and of course the most valuable thing on the property, was Trigger, which was, of course, to answer Michael's question from last time, sitting on Willie's tour bus, which was parked down the road from the main house, thankfully. (laughs) Willie, unfortunately, was in Hawaii at the time during the raid, and so uh, when he heard his guitar had been spared, he asked his daughter Lana to send it to him just to be safe. She grabbed the guitar and got it back to her father. By then, he had begun to call the Martin by a name, and not just any name, Trigger. The guitar had earned its new handle after more than two decades of faithful service. Willie's Rise and Fall, the boy from Abbott who became the Nashville hit songwriter, the outlaw country icon, and the pop superstar, brought down by the full merciless force of the federal government, had been epic. In fact, almost biblical. Such a man didn't play any old guitar. Whenever he was asked why he chose the name, he said, Roy Rogers had a horse named Trigger, and I figured, this is my horse. Now, granted, he did spend as much on a roping horse, as we learned last time, as he did on the guitar, so I suppose it's an easy parallel to draw for Mr. Nelson. Yeehaw. Very true. Did he Did he actually say that, though? Was that his he reason? He sure did. <clears throat> yep. Uh, he's, he's a very brilliant songwriter. He doesn't always issue the most profound statements on life, <laughs> uh, as I found from seeing many of his quotes. I was like, okay, well, he's my horse with strings. <laughs> That I play. It's just simple. And now he rode that horse nonstop. And as my father would say, rode it hard and put it up wet. And of course, (laughs) determined to pay off his debt. I'm really alarmed by that. (laughs) (laughs) It means you don't take the time to actually brush the horse down after you're done, which means you're treating the horse with ill intention. You're not being a decent owner. Okay. I was going to say because it was sweating. Uh, because it was sweating and you didn't give it the care afterwards, but it kind of the same idea. I have been nearly killed by a horse, I'll have you know. So, yes, uh, thank you to respect my time. She has a name. Around the equestrian of... uh, Yes, Leanna. uh, Oh, get him! (laughs) (laughs) That was not from her mouth. Oh, God! (laughs) And the smell was equivalent as well, strangely enough. Anyway. Mother of Pearl. So he recorded nine albums between 1992 and 1996, several of which were centered purely on Trigger, such as the low-key Spirit from 1996, which is still his favorite. And he wound up hitting the road, where he sometimes played so fast and wild it sounded like he'd moved from channeling Django to channeling John Coltrane. 
Willie would turn around and face the amp and make it roar with feedback. He'd slash at the strings and pick hard, always at his own pace. The band would follow, as if they had any choice. <laughs> I'd just start playing, and all the musicians wait to see what I'm doing before they jump in there. Because at that point, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. <laughs> I just love killing. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, here I go killing again. <laughs> On death row again. <laughs> The life I love is just a killing with my friends. All right. If you needed proof of how important Trigger was to Willie's sound, you would hear it when he strapped on a Stratocaster for a blues song and sounded like any other speedy hotshot blurting out riffs. Willie needs Trigger. He also needs Earl Wine, who saw Trigger for checkups twice a year as the guitar entered middle age, which is something we don't <laughs> commonly think of relative to a musical instrument. Will but this you one. Kill me now, please. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it is like that incredibly o the incredibly obese vampire from the beginning of Blade. <laughs> the the one that's just, you know, this yeah, oh undulating mass of flesh and he shines the UV light on it and it just squeals. Oh yeah, yeah. I can hear that squeal. Uh -huh. Yeah, like, that's that's what I'm thinking of when I think out. of Trigger. There's also the actor who said uh, this house is clear in The Exorcist or the actress I should say. But uh Oh, I've been misquoted that line my entire life. Cleansed. <sighs> Terrible human yeah. being, you. In any event, uh, Willie was playing so much that he was wearing down Trigger's frets, especially the first five, which is typically where you will tend to hit the major chords. And thus, the wear wasn't just under the strings either, where most guitarists create little divots from constant play, as I was talking about with my own horrible proclivities last time. The frets have actually worn down completely across, which will speak to how frequently he bends and moves around while playing. And uh, subsequently, flat frets begin to cause buzzing and dead tone, and then force the player to press even harder to get a good sound. Earlwine suggested that they put new frets on the guitar, but Willie, of course, said no. Play it as it lies. <laughs> I like the way it's sounding all right, he said. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Willie, it's literally broken. It's fucking broken, <laughs> Willie. I hate to tell you. It is like textbook broken. It's so broken, it is sobbing in a corner, begging for its mother, covered by a blanket, and just waiting for death. Kill me! <laughs> so... Subsequently, over the last 15 years or so, Willie has begun to take advantage of his status as an aging superstar. Wow, that's terribly crass. <laughs> I mean, it's true. He's yeah, but still. Uh, to make albums that, of course, he's always wanted to make and work with the people he always intended to. He did an album of instrumentals that was heavy on Django and a children's album based around Trigger. He and Trigger managed to go up against Wynton Marsalis and his trumpet on a collection of blues standards. Uh, Willie then brought everything full circle when he joined Asleep at the Wheel for a 2009 album, the sort of western swing tunes that inspired him to become a musician in the first place. The one constant through all of this is, of course, Trigger, who, by Willie's account, has now racked up m a million minutes of playing time. I want to say bullshit, but I don't think it's bullshit. That is not bullshit. At least according to Willie Nelson. Oh. 
okay. who is so stoned that I don't think he could find his dick with both hands and a map. They can find Trigger. <laughs> That's, That's all he needs. I was referring to, yes. Yeehaw. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeehaw. Yeehaw. <laughs> <laughs> Roll tide? Roll? You just yeed your last hob, uh, bucko. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... Earl Wine looks forward to Trigger's semi-annual physicals. He, of course, asks, asks him to squat and then walk to him. And uh, turn your head and cough. Exactly. Uh, he then oils the bridge and cleans the fretboard, the wood of which is so eroded it looks like waves between the frets. And then comes the lacquering. Mm. The mottled area just above the sound hole shows the effect of 50 coats of lacquer applied over 35 <laughs> years. The darker parts, of course, are colored by dirt and dead skin, which can't be removed. The lighter parts are where Willie has dug deep into the spruce. It's like he, you know, was spending time in the Forbidden Forest or something. <laughs> dig deep. Drink water. 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 <laughs> Give me sugar. Drink water. <laughs> I know Egger, and that's not Egger. <laughs> oh, so good. I hate myself. Okay, so Earl Wine then carefully rubs the gouges in the wood that run parallel to the strings between the bridge and the sound hole, a sign of the force with which Willie plays. To go in and pull on the strings like that, says Earl Wine, it's more of an unschooled gypsy way of doing things. This is very insensitive. He's, yeah, he, he loves He's those an aging rock star. He's a gypsy. They're back on the slurs again. What is he, Stevie Nicks' granddad? Like, come on. <laughs> she has a song called Gypsy. That's not as insensitive as it sounds. Come uh, it just, on. It, just, it, just, it felt that way. It they look interesting, though. You put them together in a family portrait, I'm sure it'd be delightful. Willie Nelson and Stevie Nicks? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they could both shake. <laughs> One tambourine, you know, the other a joint. <laughs> so... We're going to move away from this. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Uh, he, this is really thorough about his cleaning process, which, again, as I mentioned previously, I will continue to keep the videos in the show notes. You can actually watch Earl Wine work on this and go through the whole process. It is absolutely fascinating. But uh, he tries to maintain the signatures, of course, as much as humanly possible. Doesn't want to do damage to all of the fun little uh, marks of passing that other musicians have left on it. And, uh, yes, in the right light, he can see the impressions left by some older, we presume, ballpoint pen signatures, uh, names or parts of names fading into the wood like faces receding into memory. I, again, will admit I stole some of this from uh, someone else's very well-written article, but he does tend to wax a little nostalgic at times. Just just a tad. <laughs> just a tad. And then finally, he, of course, inspects Trigger's maw, staring into its abyss. Willie has always insisted in that zen-like willy way that the whole is a good thing. I always thought it enhanced the sound. Me he too. Said. And he may be right. Luthiers have long experimented with a second sound hole, and there's a Hawaiian custom guitar company that crafts many of its acoustics with two of them. The thinning of the spruce around the hole has probably helped as well. Is that Quit true? My Are they really perfect. experimenting? Sorry, I'm really horny for this guitar. <laughs> uh, yes, that is in fact true, Michael. Huh, interesting. 
Like, what do you mean two holes? Like, uh, kind of like a violin or mm-hmm. where? Oh, okay. Or, you so know, like, they, they put like, holes, a, yeah. you know, like an eight sort of looking uh, a hole in there. Oh, also, okay. Okay. I, I'm just going to say right now that if this ends in Willie Nelson trying to legalize marrying his guitar, that I'm going to walk out of this room. <laughs> legalize it. <laughs> legalize it. <laughs> so, the thinning of the spruce, of course, has probably helped also. You walk the line between strength and tone, says Dick Boke, the strangest named man on the planet. <laughs> more like Dick Woke, am I right? Hey, I was going to say, more like burr, Dick Broke. But... <laughs> Any way you slice it, it's got to be Dick. But, uh, it's chewy and it's chewy. It's got to be Dick's. <laughs> so uh, he is a longtime designer and archivist at Martin Guitars, a very esteemed individual with a horrible name. Sorry, Dick. Uh, in any event, I've been fighting my whole life. <laughs> I'll continue his quote in the appropriate voice, given his name. The wood that is missing may improve the sound. As you scratch away at the top, the diminished thickness of the membrane will most likely make the guitar sound better. <laughs> what one power diminishes. <laughs> Now bring me a bowl of hot buttered noodles. I'm feeling amorous. Thank you, make a B-word fat. Thank you, yes. All things considered, of course, Earl Wine claims that the guitar is actually in pretty decent shape, except for the frets. There are certain notes that are just... He says, everyone around Willie knows it. They just shrug their shoulders and say, he's doing pretty well. He doesn't want to change. Earl Wine finally gave up trying to get Trigger refretted. Willie's living his life and Trigger's living it with him and all the aches and pains that go along with it. <laughs> Meanwhile, Trigger's in the back of, <laughs> I can't even make an A minor anymore. <laughs> It was so beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) The truth is, of course, that the worn frets just force Willie to play with more force, more vibrato, more bending, more shaking, and of course, more weed. But (laughs) and more arthritis. Yeah, it's why he blew his bicep out. (laughs) This is probably just you know trying to play too hard. Fucking a. So, despite the fact that Trigger has now spent his life with a bunch that was once notorious for outrageous behavior, he has no big cracks, his headstock has never snapped, and his sides and back look relatively fine. It's just not like he's got fibromyalgia. (laughs) (laughs) Willie can sometimes seem cavalier with Trigger during shows, lifting him high in the air by the neck, but he's always been fiercely protective of the instrument, often resorting to physical measures to save him from other, shall we say, impaired individuals. See, you're fucking me up because all I can think of now is that it's alive. And then it reminds me of that South Park episode where Oprah's vagina has a mind of its own and literally can wield a gun. Okay. Is that (laughs) a lie? Hashtag trigger. Oh, I'm not presenting, so everything I'm saying is a lie. Yeah. Okay. (sighs) That is real, by the way. Her Uh, hole. It refers to itself as her minge. Uh, Uh... So it's Oprah's South Park. It wasn't me. You, British, yeah, don't, apparently. Don't blame me well for done. once. Yeah. So 
Here is what Willie will resort to should anyone attempt to touch Trigger. It's said that he roughly pinned songwriter Johnny Darrell against a wall to rescue Trigger. He slugged Jerry Jeff Walker to get Trigger out of his arms. He affectionately slapped Chris Christopherson in the face for calling it an eyesore with strings. Is that true? What? Chris, 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 he, he did one. not slap Chris Christopherson. Oh. No. It's like you and dare impugn Trigger's as, honor. As I uh, mentioned in last week's episode, he put a chokehold on Johnny Cash to spare it a significant amount of kicking while Cash was jittering on a blazing cocaine binge. Now, before you get me stopped, allow me to elaborate because this is rather apocryphal. At this point in Cash's life, we should note for anybody who's seen Walk the Line, he had a pretty rough existence. Uh, his friends generously labeled him as unpredictable and joked about his erratic behavior, despite every indication of John having serious addiction issues. He's a Pisces. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about him. He's a Pisces. I was born under a bad sign. <laughs> so... Cash, at this point, frequently got into car accidents due to his drug use, fanning off of roads, crashing into objects, and then subsequently hiding in caves. It is one such issue when he was... I'm not kidding. He was routinely known... It, the uh, It's depicted his grand sort of change in his life when he decided he was sick and tired of being sick and tired. He fell asleep in a cave, crawled out of it, and claimed that he had a revelation from God that he was going to die if he kept going that way. So, yeah, okay. he apparently enjoyed secreting away in caverns. That, well, when you're on tour, you know, you can find a cave anywhere. Also, I heard, okay. like, true story, I heard there was, like, some terrifying caves in Tennessee. Like, in the back backwoods of Tennessee? Most certainly. Yeah, isn't, and, uh, shoot, that was, like, one of the first, like, deaths by a, a mountain climber, I think. I can't remember. It was a horror story. Guy gets stuck because he falls forward. and uh, it James takes Franco. Him, like, I'm sorry? It's James Franco. The 127 yeah. hours? Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Not that one. I was thinking a different thing. <laughs> Thank you. Man, I thought I thought there was a movie adaptation of what I'm talking about. Never mind. Ignore me. There probably is. You know, you just, you've never seen a movie, so you can't name it. They are, in fact. See, that's true. But no, the, hole. the way that I understood what you said as in every time he would get into an accident, he would go hide in a You'd cave. You'd find a hole. It's yeah. kind yeah. of like, like how you. He slams into another car. He gets out. He's like, oh, shit. Sees a cave, just hops into it. <laughs> If he could find one, you were you had a pretty good bet of finding John in a cave. <laughs> oh man, Johnny Cash hit another pedestrian today. He was the All original right. Batman. <laughs> <laughs> he gets out to the Batcave. They're not dead. They're just tuckered <laughs> out. You know, sometimes... Oh my god, I just figured out his secret identity. He called himself the Man in Black for like 30 years. <laughs> oh shit. Johnny Cash was Batman. This goes all the way to the top. <laughs> I'm amazed. All right. So, let's get away from the caves here. Um, he was often moody, confused, and difficult to work with. So thus, uh, John was right on the money here. One night in Cookville, Tennessee, at a small venue called the Hooper Ablen Center, Cash ribbed that he would use Trigger for his set. Now... Uh, so Willie, who had momentarily turned away after setting the instrument back in its case... Uh, saw that Cash was, of course, in his typical sort of petulant, detached, and dour mood that they would commonly call Cokey Cash. <laughs> they could have said anything. Indeed. They could have named it anything. They could have. Cokey <laughs> Cash. Oh, please tell me that was a lie. It was. 
Thank you, Michael. I was just rolling with it. Well, so, that's uh, not the game, John. <laughs> I'm sorry. What do just you want? Just because you saw his answers and you were cheating. You can clearly see that I cannot see this man's phone. He's he got a mirror on the other side of the camera. So, uh, Willie then finally turned to find Cash was leaning down to grab the guitar, and thus, to prevent the situation from escalating further, snatched John around the neck, much like I want to do most days, and choked him unconscious with what Joe Rogan and other MMA aficionados would call a rear-naked choke. And if you do that to me, the odds of me making are pretty high. Ooh, I'm excited. <laughs> so uh, allow me to go a little further, because this has happened many times with professional wrestlers. So from the account of wrestling manager and historian Jim Cornette, who I am an avowed acolyte of, he claimed that from his personal experiences and from observations, because he at one point had to run around significantly being a manager, you get chased around by the wrestlers and you try to evade them. So he was, as we call it in the business, blown up and he went back to a locker room and a buddy of his put a chokehold on him just to tease. He passed out in two seconds. What? Oh, no. Yes. So is he for hire? You'd think. Uh, He's prone to nosebleeds. I mean, we'll say that. But in any event, so what I'm saying is that, for instance, if you have an extremely elevated heart rate, as you do when you say take an excessive amount of cocaine on the regular, you will probably pass out a good deal faster than you would otherwise. So here's Cash, coked to the gills, bent over, (laughs) attempting to pick up a guitar. So when Willie, of course... Put him into a panic state and locked his arm around him. Cash passed out in under 10 seconds <laughs> and luckily fell to the left of the guitar case. And so was he it, did not fall on trigger. Was it under 10 seconds? Yes, it was under 10 seconds. Wow. And then Will, uh, Willie's looking at his hands like, what power have I wrought? Is there, Indeed. And what, what year is this again? Sorry. 1978. God damn it. I was going to be, I want to see a video. I, yeah, I don't think they were filming, I, but I, I know. Uh, uh, allow me, we'll, we'll get through this. So, uh, of course, Cash good-naturedly recalls this story by saying that he woke up thinking, who's wearing my shoes? Not realizing that he was staring at his own fucking feet after having passed out. So he woke up looking at his feet and going, who's wearing my shoes? Someone poisoned the water. Indeed. <laughs> There's some snakes in my boot. (laughs) Subsequently, in 2015, Rolling Stone Films presented a documentary, which is entitled Mastering the Craft, Trigger, which depicts the story of the guitar in totality. It's directed by David Chamberlain and narrated by Woody Harrelson, of all people. Interesting. And the film, of course, features interviews with Nelson, his biographer, Joe Nick Potosky, a harmonicist Mickey Raphael, and of course, Jerry Jeff Walker, who got punched for fiddling around with Trigger. And the Cash story actually does feature rather prominently in the documentary. So if you are keen on hearing folks chat about it, you can check that out there. So the only time in the entirety of the guitar's lifespan that Willie has approved a major alteration was in 2008, when he wanted to change the way that his strap attached to the guitar. <laughs> Sorry, you said the only major alteration. Yeah. He just wanted Something to innocent. sit, so he Again. wanted to change the strap. Super he gets innocent. upset when they steal his tuning pegs that he's, you know, fumble-fucked around with, so obviously. My hey, fidget widget. feels different. <laughs> they took my fidget nipple. So... 
Since the beginning, he had routed the strap around his neck, down under the guitar, and then clipped it onto the bottom of the rim of the sound hole, which is uh, the way that mariachi uh, players will strap their instruments. Hmm. And, of course, years of playing had led to a giant knot on his neck where his trademark red, white, and blue macrame strap had rubbed. Willie then wanted to try a normal strap which meant putting a button on the side of the heel underneath the neck of the guitar. Earl Wine, of course, obliged with predictable results. Willie hated it. <laughs> <laughs> Real knucklehead, this guy. It changed the whole balance of the guitar, said Tom Hawkins. He did it for one day and then went back to playing it the old way. So at the end of every checkup, Earl Wine puts on a new set of strings, strums the guitar, and marvels again at how sweet Trigger still sounds. A guitar just sounds better as it gets older, just like the Stradivarius does. The wood, of course, ages and the tone gets more lively. New guitars have to, you know, have time to open up, says Earl Wine. The wood has to vibrate, has to move, has to bring the sound out. And Willie plays so much, it's brought out the tone of the guitar. So for years, Willie's crew then tried to get him to toggle over at least to another guitar occasionally, at least to give Trigger a break. So in the mid-90s, Pootie found a 1968 N20 Martin that was in much better condition. Willie, of course, thanked him, but flatly refused to even strap it on. Uh, in 1998, Martin then made an N20 replica, calling it the limited edition signature N20WN, in Willie's honor. Willie tried one, thanked them, and put it back in the case, never to play it again. <laughs> so God. his loyalty is legendary, as is his avowed disdain for change, which we can see as evidenced by all of this discussion. At this point, Nelson simply will not play another guitar. Every guitar has its own feel and sound, Willie says. The Trigger replicas are nice guitars, but anyone who's played this guitar can tell you immediately there's a different feel. Yeah, because there's no friggin' frets on it. Right. <laughs> hey, You're so just... this is what frets feel like, huh? <laughs> this doesn't hurt enough. <laughs> so, why does the guitar feel different, Willie? The answer, of course, is as unique, intriguing, and indescribable as the man himself. It's clinging to death, and I can feel it with every stroke. <laughs> I'm choking the life out of it with every strum of the guitar. It's powered by blood. <laughs> it's, it, the noises are its screams. It's, <laughs> it's fucking uh, Nosferatu. <laughs> yes, it, it soaks up the souls of everyone that's dedicated to it. Yeah. <laughs> It, well, here's the thing. The bones are my dollars. <laughs> you said you wanted something spooky. Indeed. So this guitar gets paid with hair. <laughs> I forgot whether or not I'd said it. <laughs> Sorry for all of you who aren't in on the joke. We're moving on. Okay. This is why he and I aren't allowed in the same room together. One of the secrets to my sound is almost beyond explanation. I smoke a lot of ganja. That's no, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> That's not very beyond the imagination. My battered old Martin guitar, Trigger, has the greatest tone I have ever heard from an acoustic instrument. If I picked up the finest guitar made this year and tried to play my solos exactly the way you heard them on the radio or even at last night's show, I'd always be a copy of myself, and we'd all end up bored. But if I play an instrument that's now a part of me and do it according to the way that feels right for me, 
I'll always be an original. And thus, we are going to end this installment by proving that John is correct, that Willie is in fact going to try to marry this guitar <laughs> in 2023, um, when it becomes legal in the United States. Yeah, also, there's going to be six more parts to the series uh, as we explore the other remaining horcruxes that keep <laughs> Willie <Wilson> together. <laughs> I'll give you a soft applause for that one, friend. That was brilliant. Well done. Beautiful. So that, friends, is the storied existence of the Martin N20, as owned by Willie Nelson. Wow. Indeed. I didn't think that you could do it. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) That was fun, though. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting thing, and of course, you know, it's I mean, one it's, of those. It's no heavy water, but it'll do. Indeed, <laughs> I tried. Any additional stabs other than Willie <laughs> to try to get the Horcrux? Um, I think at one point you said he tried playing a Stradivarius. Uh, no, like they're a... just saying that the the wood ages the way that a Stradivarius no, uh, does. No, you. Uh, he he played another guitar. A, a Stratocaster. For like a... Oh. Wow, never mind. Nope, I got no stabs. I heard I heard that as Stradivarius, and I was like, I don't think they made guitars. They made violins and shit. The workings of your brain. Uh, uh, my brain. Truly the, a treasure. The inner workings of my mind are an enigma. I believe you that is You are a known. curious enigma, yes. We, yes, yes, you are. Mm-hmm. Riddle me Sweet this. Sweet baby boy. Edward Nashton, yes. Well done. Uh, Courtney? Got yeah. anything? I feel like there's going to be a lie in the list of people who signed it. I feel like maybe the carving it with something other than a ballpoint pen is like maybe a lie. Okay. It's- uh, neither of those are, are correct. Great. Oof. Okay. All right. I'm leaving. C's get degrees. Yep. Uh, you ready, Johnny? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Now, the problem with my having done this on my phone... It's in dark also, mode. every time you see me oh, staring no. off, guys, it's because there's so cheating. many books. Yeah, I'm back. I'm back in my favorite place, which is a curated selection. <laughs> yes, he's in the Shane Hunt Memorial Library. Well, I'm just, I'm, yeah. Well, I'm just looking at the just very impressive Stephen King selection, which I knew and would that's exist. only half of the Stephen King um, selection because the, the others in the up top. But also <laughs> just the. Uh, the paperback prints of the Dark Tower stuff I'm very fond of. They are, they are and delightful. And your your very very obscenely well loved copies of it and Needful Things. Well, uh, I got those from a public library on a donation. Just shelf, say you're so a nerd I, and that you've broken the books. Yeah, uh, I mean I broke them eventually, but yeah, yeah the anyway. it cover was already almost falling off when I got it, and it is affectionately it's hard to keep 1,200 pages bound. Like uh, yeah, that. particularly not with that, that attitude. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, lie number one is that Willie has only twice resorted to physical measures to save trigger from other people uh not often so <laughs> uh, chris christopherson being slapped is not one of them right. nor was anything to do with johnny cash <gasps> cash actually by 1978 had pretty much cleaned up his act and he just managed to wind up getting hooked on pain pills in the early 80s but in the 70s he was pretty well clean so okay. So, so what I want to see well done. doesn't even exist. Oh, uh, yeah, so, you know what? I had a suspicion too. Yeah. Wait. So uh, then, is that information about cocaine and, and 
passing out in five seconds. Is that true? No, that is true. Uh, and uh, okay. that is where did you get so that the, from? That is from the Jim Cornette discussion. So there was a um, a talk show host who is a stand up comedian. I'm forgetting, but he was famously choked unconscious by Hulk Hogan <laughs> in like under three seconds. So uh, the, he told Hulk Hogan's like, yeah, I, you know, wrestling's supposed to be fake. So Hogan's like, well, here we'll just do this. So he put him in a front face lock, ratcheted up, and the guy just went limp. It immediately <laughs> fell to the floor, cracked his head on the stage, and then wound up suing. And uh, yeah, and he was admittedly coked to the gills for most of his as, time yeah. as a comedian. So that's why they were saying he probably passed out so quickly because his heart rate was just going so rapidly that you could almost instantaneously cut off the supply of blood to the brain because it was just a little hummingbird of a heart, as Courtney is so fond of saying, uh, that just trying to get the, the blood up in there and it, it didn't have another alternative at that point. Do you know okay. if that was Chevy Chase? It was not Chevy Chase. Oh, okay, never mind. Uh, I will look it up. I'll, I'll include something in the show notes here because I'm not going to devolve yeah. any further than we cool. already have. So, uh, <laughs> so line number three is, of course, putting a choke hold on Johnny Cash, running through all of the other things. Uh, line number four was, of course, the moniker of Cokie Cash. I figured I'd give you a layup for that one. Thank you. Uh, I needed that ego boost. Indeed. And then uh, line number five is, of course, Johnny Cash uh, good-naturedly recalling the incident by saying, who's wearing my shoes? That is actually the Jim Cornette story. He said okay. after his friend choked him unconscious, he woke up and he was looking down and he's like, who's got my shoes on? And it was, he had just fallen <laughs> off of the stool he was sitting on and he was looking down at his <laughs> shoes because he just was right level with them. He wasn't wearing them at the time. So that is uh, all the way up through line number five. And of course, subsequently, that means that the Johnny Cash incident is not featured prominently in that documentary. Oh, and right. so you can't actually see, but the documentary itself is real. And uh, you're very good at stacking. It's a house, yeah, I it's try. A house of cards. Yeah, you, you want to just try to pretend. And of course, in point of fact, uh, Willie didn't uh, just refuse. He didn't refuse to strap on the uh, replacement N20 uh, when they were trying to give it to him. He actually did try it on, give it a couple strums, and then thank them for bringing it to him, and then put it back in the case. So uh, the the running theme is that you can hand Willie the guitar. He'll strum it a couple times and thank you very much for, for having provided him something and then put it back in the case and just go back to using trigger. So that is the collection. So it was a, a real sort of like batched collection yeah, yeah, of yeah. lies. It was uh, most of the rest of everything else is factual. Nice. Huh. Sometimes truth is stranger than fiction, as they say. And speaking of fiction, one Good job on a two-parter. Oh, bless you. I like doing these like multi-part segments. They're well, fun. I, a part of the reason I'm doing this as well is because I do realize that I am going to have to be very research-heavy for uh, the next month because we have Phoenix Fan Fusion coming up in May that I need to be I... more than adequately prepared for, which includes doing four panels of our own, all of which I am trying to do the reading, the research, and prep questions and discussion points for. So, like, I'm going to be way heavy into research for that. So I might have to beg off of doing episodes for a little bit whilst I'm trying to put together our live shows. Yeah. Um, and John will point... pick up the slack, right? <laughs> Well, actually, well, hold inquiring on. minds want to know. Michael, please. Um, <laughs> hey, 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 I don't mind being told to shut up if I'm wrong. Um, what I was going to say, and now I'm losing the track because... Go on. Michael, <laughs> go on. Um, oh, 
fan fusion has been teased so many times to me at this point over the past two years mm-hmm. that it is not going to exist until the literal day that I'm in the car driving to it. Okay, he's not um, going to have any work done for it. Uh, but no, I, I was gonna, I was gonna use fiction as a segue to recommend a movie to at least Courtney, because mm. um, Courtney is now into thrillers and she can handle scary stuff. <laughs> and this one's not really scary; it's more just like a lot. It's just a lot of fun. But are you guys familiar with Edgar Wright? Yes, I mean, I I have in, uh, like, enjoyed a Cornetto trilogy from time to time. Okay. Yeah, dude like who did Shaun of the Dead. The... Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, okay. He also yeah, did yeah. Scott Pilgrim. Of course, you'd go with Scott and like Hot Fuzz first, Michael. Uh, Courtney, <laughs> I have actually you watched did not any know Edgar Wright did uh, Scott P- uh, Scott Pilgrim. So. He also did uh, Baby Driver, if you like that one, which is I fantastic. I never did see it though. I was told too many times. <gasps> oh, it's a great film. It is very good. really well done. Jamie Foxx is lit as balls, but I mean, everybody else nice. does a phenomenal job. <laughs> Anywho, uh, he has a new movie out called Last Night in Soho. And it's, I think it's, I think you can rent it now. It's out of theaters. Okay. Um, but I watched it over the weekend and it was just so much fun. Like it's a nice, like, like it's a little bit of a whodunit kind of, um, but very visually pleasing as is Edgar Wright's shtick. He's, uh, that's kind of what he's known for. And I felt like Shane for a moment because with my lunch today, I was watching the, was it Vanity Fair's? Or not Vanity Fair. Is it Variety that does the director videos where they break uh, anatomy yes, of a scene? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, but it's a video of Edgar Wright going through a, a scene of his choosing out of all of his movies. It's like 30 minutes long. It's really good. But anyway, Last Night in Soho would be a lot of fun. But that got me thinking as well that maybe I, I want to research and, and talk to you guys soon-ish ish uh about so. the history or just some education on a one take shot Ooh. because some of my favorite shit in film mm-hmm. is a one take and the obnoxious lengths that people go to to get one take and to stage that how about even the subgenre now that is like the frozen scene where Ooh, everybody yeah, has yeah. to stop and freeze in place and then they do the one shot walking through where everybody's kind right. of like you know hanging out that's granted that was two years ago but still holy christ in this economy <laughs> you're, you're really no, gonna take be... my phone and throw it across the room shane let's throw you across the room but yeah no i think that would be a fun concept for um, an episode. and, and yeah. i am i am still balls deep on uh the testament of solomon cool That's so just... so next week it sounds like he is let's see what do i got going on well shane and have I have a lot a of noise to kill michael i'm sorry Shane uh, and I have a show Saturday, going to a show on Sunday night. I mean, I could probably pull something off, but not not Testament. Uh, is it is it finally going to fall off? <laughs> yeah, yeah, with that attitude, yeah, It'll yeah. You know, rip what? your it. sack off like a paper. Fuck towel. it, I'll uh, fuck it, I'll, I'll I'll have a presentation next week. Okay, or, maybe, maybe we should maybe we should call them presentations. I'll have an episode next week. <laughs> oh man. You were going to start, hey, so I think we're going to do a free form tomorrow. I was going to say, so on the subject of fan fusion well, I mean, not existing wait, until we're so on fucking... the way to the venue, I will believe it when you actually start so telling Michael, us how many lies you have next Michael week. gets a free form, but I don't. I when did Michael get a free form? Didn't he, like a loose, didn't he have like a loose thing where he's like, oh, there's like fucking like five minutes and the rest. I just knew that you guys would talk a lot. Blah, 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 blah. That's I mean, how I write he, my episodes now. <laughs> he's got attention deficit disorder. Wow. Did you get a dog pile on the guy because of his infirmities? I mean, Yeah. You know, that's not very cash money of you to make listened? fun of my neurodivergence here. Have he you listened to the show? Sh- also, did you just say that's not very cash I money of you? I need Michael to say that all the time. <laughs> all the time. 
I am not having a Baja Blast right now. (laughs) Ooh, I would like a Baja Blast. That's my favorite Mountain Dew flavor. It is. I agree. I'm scared to have it again. I'm afraid I won't like it. Or I'm afraid. Actually, you know, my my biggest fear... And it's like a, like it the most pro- yes, that is my most prominent fear of anything mm-hmm. that I'm debating you'll, is that I'll like it too much. Well, let's and then talk start about using it as an enema. Mister Mister Privilege over here oh, strolls into my house with a you know a, a nice little combination oh, no. that he got, and he he takes like three sips of the soda and then just dumps the rest of it out. <laughs> it was, was like, I didn't need it anyway. I'm it just was gonna cheaper to do the combo, and I wanted a little bit of caffeine, but I've I've drastically cut my caffeine and i didn't need it i could make you coffee you know i i'm a man of means we oh, don't waste bones. drinks in this yeah, household we, we pours would drink that soda yeah <laughs> out of the sink yeah. all of a sudden i'm over here like there's some bones in this house there's some bones in this house if you I'm, see them pouring them out i'm starting to understand wall street because i feel very persecuted <laughs> 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 Matthew McConaughey Henry Zabarski over here just having a grand old time alright well I think that is gonna we have a John episode coming up next week we have fan fusion on the horizon for those of you who are listening it is as far as I'm aware as of my last email communique happening and when when roughly that is going to be the 29th of May I believe is our last so, so what you're saying or, is that uh, I yeah, should... around that it's that weekend so it's the Friday Saturday and Sunday uh right before Memorial Day so what you're Day. saying is I should request that weekend off I would say that would be wise that probably would be a good idea yeah, I should do yeah. that I'm just going to do that right now yeah let's let's do that while you have an opportunity there's ghosts in the machines I hate this thing we're going to kill it not if I beat you to it. All right, Phoebe. I think we're here. We're live. This is an experience. I'm scared. Do you know who I am? Where is he? I just want my mom. Do you know I love her? What is happening? I don't want to, I don't want to die like this. I, I feel like I my weed is kicking in, in way sooner than I expected. Holy shit. All right. So, uh, yes, at the end of May, you can find us at Fan Fusion. We have got four fantastic panels that are planned. It's going to be a grand time. And, of course, you can catch our new episodes here every lovely Monday morning, including those that John claims he's going to do. And, uh, of course, there is a, a link tree in the show notes. You can find all of our socials there. Go check out your preferred platforms. We've got content winging your way airware. It varies in quality, but we do have content winging your way. We have over 9,000 items available for you to sample on YouTube. So, you know, you can can get anything you want over there, including Ben Shapiro, which no one wanted. And according to (laughs) the uh, the stats that you've looked at, it's a fucking sausage fest. Indeed. So if you want some sausage... Go to YouTube. Indeed. So hi, all of you lovely gentlemen out there and you 2% female audience that we have. Yeah, which... it's just make you hard, you fucking beefcake. <laughs> <laughs> Brutus? <laughs> the barber? Look at that. Look at that brick shithouse you know listening what's funny? to our, our fucking podcast. Look at the giga chat he is. <laughs> you're, uh, you're totally attuned to my brain space, man, because Brutus Beefcake's finishing maneuver was, in fact, a sleeper hold. <laughs> aka the rear naked choke so you would go right out and then he would shave your your lovely locks okay all right that's why I wish he was you part luck. of the, uh, the you know the dream team anyway 
I think we're done here, ladies and germaphobes. Thank you for being here as always. If you're digging what you hear, uh, please like, subscribe. <laughs> God, damn. stop touching things. Take it from one. Uh, give me your phone. Revoke his phone privileges. You'll get Sorry, this Dad. back at the end of the day. <laughs> so. Like, subscribe, rate, review. We would love to hear from you. Keep this thing going because we can't kill it. It's like Trigger. It has to endure. Why are you putting it inside of you? I mean, kill it's the only place me. it's supposed to it's a, it's a hands-free phone. <laughs> <laughs> you put it right between the cheeks and it goes forever. It's a pinch between the cheek and gums. <laughs> sure, you've had the inside of your colon pictured, but have you gotten a picture of it looking out? <laughs> <laughs> my name is Dr. Henley Kellinger. This is my magic murder rectum. <laughs> We're going to have photographic evidence of life on your anus. <laughs> all right, thank you all for being here, and I believe that is going to officially wrap it up like a rectum around a finger. So for the Disinformed Podcast this week. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Michael. I'm Courtney. And zippity zoop, we're out of here. Pictures where you poop.